The Identity Theft Resource Center has issued its annual data breach analysis for 2011, which shows breaches declining but continuing to pose growing risk to consumers. What could businesses and organizations be doing to better and differently help prevent these breaches from occurring in the first place? Hi, I'm Tracy Kent with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Karen Barney, Program Director and Research Analyst for the ID Theft Resource Center, better known as the ITRC. Karen, in this most recent analysis, the ITRC compares breach stats from 2007 all the way through 2011. The breaches continue to increase, though the percentages have shifted a bit. What stands out to you about the results that were collected in 2011? Hi, Tracy. Great question. The main thing that we were seeing throughout 2011 were breaches that were occurring as a result of hacking. And in 2011, that represented nearly 26%, which was a significant jump from 2010. Um, following that, we have data on the move. And in that area, we show that um, the medical industry and business seem to suffer the highest percentages in those two categories. Other types of causes would basically include insider theft, um, accidental exposure, and subcontractor incidents, um, and those statistics vary from one industry sector to the next. And that's great. It's a perfect segue into my next question, and that was to ask if you could explain a bit about how the ITRC defines and categorizes breaches. Oh, sure. Basically, since 2005, we've been identifying five industry sectors, business, educational, government, military, medical, health care, and the banking credit financial sector. Um, since 2007, the business sector has consistently held the number one spot for the highest number of breaches, growing to nearly 50% in 2011. Um, following that is the health medical sector, um, and then it goes down from there. And Karen, could you explain a bit about how the ITRC defines and categorizes breaches? The ITRC has long categorized breaches into five industry sectors, business, educational, government, military, medical, health care, and the banking credit financial sector. Basically, the banking credit financial industry we identify specifically as credit or cash issuers credit cards, bank loans, they are the banks, credit unions, mortgage brokers, credit card providers, or those entities which extend money. Businesses can be subcontractors which provide third-party services for the, all of the other industries. Medical health care is the medical provider or the insurance provider. And government military is any city, county, state, national, or military entity. Further categorization is the type of breach that has occurred, which I mentioned earlier, insider employee theft, which we consider to be a malicious attack. Data on the move we consider to be accidental. It might be the laptop stored in the back of a car. Hacking is, again, malicious. Accidental exposure is somebody inadvertently leaves something up on a website that is discovered down the line. And subcontractors can actually be a occurrence of any of the above. Um, it's just going to depend on how that type of breach occurred. And then, Karen, what about the breach figures themselves? How are the breach figures collected? The breach figures are collected pretty much on a daily basis um, by reviewing um, other credible 
public resources that are available online. Basically, we review all of the attorney general's offices that make this information available. There are the media sources as well as the other entities out there that capture this information from what they are finding on publicly available sources. Now, since not all states have breach notification laws, and because laws and requirements vary so much from state to state, what special consideration should we take into account when we review this data? Basically, that this information is only the tip of the iceberg, Tracy. Because there is inconsistent and incomplete information provided, there are 41% of our reported breaches are categorized as unknown. That means we don't know how they happened, that we don't know what kind of information was compromised. So there are too many variables that are inaccurate or incomplete. So we currently know that a number of breaches go underreported or unreported. Um, we've heard this from several business entities that actually provide breach mitigation efforts to breaches that never make the list. There are a number of breaches that underreport the details. They don't clearly define the specifics. And there's a number of breaches that are incomplete as to how the breach occurred. And do you see more breaches being reported now than in years past? Um, actually, we don't. The number of breaches that we captured this year for, or for 2011 was down significantly from the number that we did report in 2010, down by about 37%. Now, in reality, there are other industry reports that do reflect higher numbers, but they use different criteria for how they define and report on a data breach incident. Um, as to the decrease, again, we feel that it's due to underreporting and in some cases no reporting. With 47 state breach notification laws, um, I think a lot of businesses don't really know how many laws they have to deal with when it comes to reporting. And then I wanted to ask, in what industry or what sector have you seen the largest increase in reported incidents? Tracy, that would definitely be business. Since 2005, every year the business sector has grown from 17.8% when we first started in 2005 up to nearly half, 47% in 2011. Another industry demonstrating growth is the health medical industry, which, again, 8.3 in 2005, it was up to 20.5% or one in five of the breaches last year. So, Karen, on the internal compromise front, I found a few figures related to insider compromise, subcontractor compromise, and unintentional or accidental exposure interesting. Individually, percentages for those three categories have remained relatively steady for the last three to four years. But is it safe to lump those three together? And if so, what does it tell us about internal security risks? Um, the ITRC would not be inclined to combine these categories, Tracy. By definition, insider employee theft is when someone inside the company participates in stealing records. It is therefore malicious in nature and is frequently combined with our hacking statistics. Um, we are going to be adding a new category of employee error slash negligence in our new reports because other surveys and studies do include that as a category, so it's something that we figure that we should recognize. Um, we will not have comparison figures for past years, but it will enable us to know where we are going forward. Um, the accidental web Internet exposure is just that. It's accidental, and it really wouldn't be seemingly appropriate to categorize that in any sort of area that would be malicious in nature. And as to subcontractors, as more and more companies subcontract out, um, it's really kind of hard to say because as to subcontractors, Tracy, it would all depend on the type of the breach. The issue here is who is responsible for protecting the information. 
Um, and I know that more and more efforts are being placed on educating those who have subcontractors and third-party entities providing services to know that they have to vet and verify the security practices of those third parties. And then what should organizations be doing to help prevent some of these breaches or to protect themselves against some of these threats? Um, organization and businesses of all sizes, um, you know, from corporate down to small and medium-sized businesses, need to have a formal review process to evaluate um, several areas of concern. One is what is the information being gathered and does it need to be safeguarded? Um, with breach notification laws varying, there's no real demand to protect or safeguard things like passwords, email addresses, and non-personal information. I believe that needs to be reevaluated. If there is important information to be protected, then measures need to be, include strong passwords and encryption for protecting that information. Uh, review needs to be determined to clearly identify the reason for collecting the information in the first place. Is it relevant? Um, I think there needs to be the concern over whether or not the information is necessary to continue business or is it redundant and may be able to be truncated or minimized. And if there are policies in place limiting access to this information, um, tiered password, tiered access are all things that need to be considered. Also, how long is the information going to be stored and how will it be stored? And that includes the on-site and off-site considerations, as well as reviewing those third-party and subcontractor security practices. And last but not least, how is the information going to be disposed or destructed at the end of its life cycle? There needs to be protocols for both electronic data destruction as well as paper files. And even though paper files are not mandated as being covered under the most breach notification laws, unfortunately, when it is exposed, it puts many consumers at risk. So the importance of shredding paper documents should not be minimized, even though there is no mandate in protecting those paper documents. And then finally, Karen, how should banks as well as other organizations view and digest this data? What can they glean from it, and how should they use it to make improvements? Well, I think that as one looks into these numbers, uh, the various business sectors can see where they have strengths and where they have weaknesses. The business sector has a definite weakness and vulnerability under hacking, which is going to fall under IT and making sure that there are security measures in place to protect against that. Insider theft ranks high under business, as does data on the move. Um, on the other hand, education government does really well in those categories, and they can, I won't say rest on their laurels and say that they're doing so great they don't need to consider looking at it, but on the other hand, they have shown strength, some you know, strong promise in protecting those areas. On the other hand, medical has shown some weaknesses on data on the move, and as more and more records become electronic and mobile due to mobile devices, that's going to be a significant area of concern. And also, insider theft is a growing issue in medical as well from years past. Karen, I want to thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate the opportunity. Again, we've just heard from Karen Barney of the ITRC. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.